Hello, geeks. I'm Princess Weeks. And I'm Tessa Netting. And you are listening to The Geek Podcast, your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Each week, we're going to skim the surface of what's popular in geek culture, then deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Today's world is the world of virtual reality, video games, adaptations. We are talking all about it, baby. And yes, that means The Witcher, which Tessa, I will call you out on in front of all of our listeners. You haven't yet started, I believe? I have started, Princess. Finally, I have Uh, started watching it, and I cannot believe that it's taken me so long to watch one of the best fantasy shows I think I've ever seen. So I am so pumped to keep watching. But also, I'm excited to talk about Arcane and just Cuphead. So many different amazing video game properties are on Netflix. And I just want to hear all about your gaming life, everything. I just, this is, this episode is very exciting. So Princess, before we go into that, What's got you geeked this week? Oh my goodness. Um, I think what I'm really excited about is Persuasion just came out on Netflix, but I got to see it early. So, (laughs) and I'm very excited about it because I love Jane Austen adaptations. I love Dakota Johnson. It's been getting like mixed reviews and I think people are being way harsh, Ty, about it, but that's okay. I'm used to hateration, holleration, but I'm really enjoying it. And I currently am like two volumes deep into my Sandman reread. So it is like so many sticky notes all over this beautiful illustrated edition. So yeah, I am thriving on nerd content right now. What about you, my beloved co-host? So for me, I got to go to the Resident Evil series premiere this week. And well, I guess last week. Mm-hmm. And there was a screening of the first episode, plus a little Q&A with the main cast. And everyone that I talked to seemed like really interested and intrigued to keep watching because that freaking first episode ends on such a cliffhanger. Word. Everyone was just like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, you guys don't even know. You don't you know don't what's even about know. to happen. <laughs> we do. That was so funny. Yeah, because you're in L.A., so you get to go to all the fun events while I just sit all here in New York. All L.A. things. <laughs> L.A. people just love to party. We love going to parties. It's our favorite thing. And I actually really enjoyed watching Resident Evil, like, for a second time. I liked it even better because I wasn't sort of like, what are these timelines? What is all this? Like, because I already knew it was happening, I could really enjoy it. And everyone, like, really loved the Easter eggs. Lance Reddick as Wesker is just amazing. So mm-hmm. it's we're good. Like, we got a good Resident Evil adaptation. It's a miracle. I'm so—it can happen. Yeah, I feel like when we saw— <laughs> first kill with a crowd the energy is just so different than when you're like watching it on your little screener screen and you're just like you know like even watching it on my tv isn't the same as watching it on a big screen with people who have no idea what's gonna happen they're just there to have a good time and uh I'm glad you got to have that that sounds really awesome yeah I even find that sometimes when I'm watching just by myself versus with 
another person or with a group of people, then my experience can be different too. So absolutely, like this show's fun. You should watch it with someone because it's so many bizarre, crazy things happen that it'd just be fun to talk to someone about. And you can hold hands when it gets scary. Of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the best part of these. Like go on a <laughs> date and be like, oh, the zombies. Oh, Babe. also. <laughs> At the after party, there were like actors dressed up walking around as zombies. And oh it was. Oh my God. I'm amazing. jealous. Did you remember all my tips about survival though? Like, I hope that you <laughs> were still keeping your mind on the survival prize because that's how they get you. First, they say, like, oh, we're just here to help. Then they bite you. Absolutely not, princess. I was just in, like, I was enthralled by the zombies. I was like, oh, no. I wanted to befriend all of them. I'd be a goner. I think that all that really (laughs) does is prove that our zombie queen uh, theory for you is what's going to be your end game. Like... Yeah, I, I I think that's right. I think that's right. And then uh, last night, I went to the premiere of The Gray Man. Uh, you got to see the sexy, sexy mustache in person. I did. I got to see it on the big screen. Ah. It was all blown up. And I was very surprised because I loved this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to, just because I'm not that big of an action gal. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm usually not that big of a Ryan Gosling gal, but damn, in this one, he got me. You're a Gosling gal. I'm a Gosling gal now. He's preparing you for Barbie. He's preparing you for Correct. Ken. Correct. <laughs> I, like, I'm completely, like, I get it. I was like, what do people see in this guy? And I completely understand now. It was the dad angle. You just need to make someone a just dad. Just dadify and it. Yeah. I fall in love with them immediately. So there's just a, <laughs> you add a dad angle and then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. One more thing. I'm so busy, princess. This is this is the problem. I'm, There's too I'm, many I'm just things sitting happening. here like I'm just editing videos and like trying to, you know, <laughs> plug my own content. Tessa's gonna actually teach me all about marketing eventually because she's so good at promoting herself. And I'm sitting here like, well, you know, like I what I also am geeked about this week is so my therapist is doing such a good job with me trying to learn how to have self-esteem again. Um, I feel like when you are raised religious, but especially when you are raised Catholic, Ooh. the whole idea, like you internalize so many things. And to me, all kinds of pride, like pride in your work, pride in your accomplishments are all like little mini traps. You know, it's like if I boost myself up too much, it's going to create the fall and it's going to be like, you know, that. And my therapist was just leaving like, no, that's not fair to you. It's not true. And like, you've earned these things. You didn't just get them and are like, look at how great I am. So uh, what I'm geeked about is learning how to have high self-esteem at getting out of the Catholic school system. <laughs> Holy crap. Back to the actual geek content. Tessa's going to Comic-Cons. I'm at Comic-Con. <laughs> Apparently right now, when this is getting released, I will be at Comic-Con. Um, and it's going to be a real fun time. And I'm doing a cool thing with uh, Netflix at Comic-Con. I will be cosplaying as Eddie Munson. And then Hot. I will be running around the con looking at all the different Netflix booths and finding other Eddies and we're going to get all together and have a big Eddie pick uh, Council of Eddies and then we're going to just 
have a good time. Like, I'm going to interview different people on the floor, and it's going to be really fun. But I'm just really excited to be dressed as Eddie Munson, so. I am so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. I'm actually working on my first cosplay ever. <gasps> what? I'm So I'm a big Magic the Gathering fan, and I'm going to be attending Gen Con. I go to cons, too. Um, but I'm going to Gen Con this year and Flame Con. And for Gen Con, I'm dressing up as this character, Kaya, who's a planeswalker in the Magic the Gathering games. And I commissioned someone to make me these two light-up swords. So I'm going to have light-up purple swords, and I got, like, these purple contact lenses. I'm going to look so fire. Amazing. Because I love games. Speaking of, isn't that what this episode is about, Tessa? It is <laughs> video transition, games. transition, video games. <laughs> We're bringing it back, baby. Our favorite segment, Fight Club. But this time, video game edition. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to talk about this fight club again. So today we're going to pin together, pit against each other, not pin. Ooh, if only. Um, oh. That's a different type of club. Different, different fight <laughs> club. Um, and see who we think would win in this fight club off. Round one. So the first one we have is... The one, the only, Geralt from The Witcher versus Lady Demetresque, our super tall vampire mommy king brought to life from Resident Evil 8. Who will win? I know that already. Tessa. Oh, man. (sighs) Well, it's one of those things, because I've been watching The Witcher so much recently, I just was blown away by the swords. I don't know how... Lady, how Miss Vampire Mommy, how she is with a sword. And I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Geralt has just fought so many different monsters that I feel like he could take out this mommy, unfortunately. I, I don't think this, I don't think she will be intimidating or scary to him. Whereas, like, with other people, she could be intimidating. She could sort of, like, be someone that they are scared of. I don't know. I I just think that he's going to win, but I I don't want to say that she's not amazing because I love her and she is a tall queen. I've not played against her, but I have watched Twitch streams of people like finding her and it was always a moment. So I don't want to take away from her moment in society, but I just think that he would win. I have to agree with you. I know I like to be contrarian and we get to actually fight, but I actually agree. I think that we are intimidated by a mommy because we want her to mommy exactly. us. But Geralt yes. has a mommy. Her name is Yennefer, I remembered. And he's also a daddy. So, right. you know, he's already got his family in it together. He doesn't need a mommy. And that's fine. More for us, honestly. Mommy versus daddy. Mom- in the war of mommy versus daddy. Who will win? Uh... Sadly, in this case, daddy. The daddy wins this time. Round two. Next, we're going to pin, in this corner, Jinx from Arcane. That's me! Versus 
the Joker from, you know, Batman, Arkham City. You know who the Joker is, guys. So who do we think is going to win? Princess, what do you think? I'm going for Jinx because I'll never vote for the Joker for anything except the grave. (laughs) Um, And also, I think Jinx also makes her own tech and does her own tricks. She doesn't need goons. She is the goon. She's the goon, the goblin, everything. Like, what is the Joker's skills except, like, puns? Uh, Being a domestic abuser, and that's really (laughs) it. And um, we don't root for that here. So all I got to say is uh, Team Jinx. Also, her hair is cooler, so... Jinx is my girl. I love so her. So I 100% think that she would kick his ass. And I want everyone to kick the Joker's ass in multiple realities. Every reality. So I, I agree. I think that Jinx would win. I want Jinx to win. I'll be rooting for her. We're rooting for you. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Kill him. <laughs> Get him. Please. Yes. Winner. Jinx. <laughs> Round three. Next, we have Mugman from Cuphead. Prepare to have your face rearranged, pal. You're messing with the wrong mug, buddy. And he is up against the plumber himself. It's a Mario, you know, from all the Mario merchandise. Who do you have in this this War of the M's? Oh, man. It's one of those things where, like, Cuphead is the one that's usually you know, going for it. And I feel like he would be the one that would normally try to defeat another foe. But if Mugman was coming in, honestly, I just want Mugman to win because I cannot stand Mario. I'm so sorry for all these Mario lovers out there, but I I hate most main characters and Mario just annoys the crap out of me. And especially when he's played by Chris Pratt. Uh No offense, Chris Pratt. Offense from me. I'll take it. (laughs) No offense, Chris Pratt. Like, stick to dinosaurs, baby. (laughs) But like, what is Mario's skill? He just bops around. Like, Mugman, like, I guess Mugman doesn't have much skill either. I would say the time, the era of Mario is done. It's time for the cups to inherit the earth. You know what I the mean? Cups. It's time for the cups to rise because honestly, everyone loves Luigi and Wario more anyway. And like Sonic is better also. And then finally, like all Mario does is continuously cock block Bowser and Peach's, you know, kink play. So at this point, mm. it's just like he's really just in the way. He is. He's really just a third wheel all the time. Absolutely. Like, it's time for Luigi to take back the franchise he deserves. Also, that one episode of Cuphead when Mugman, like, had on those goggles and then he thought that he was invincible and was doing everything. I just think he needs to put on those goggles and then he will defeat Mario very easily. So, mm-hmm. give him the goggles. Let him win. Yeah. Agreed. Mugman! Mugman! With the power of... Mean Muggin, uh, super powerful. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, this is probably the shortest we've ever done a segment like this. So I think congratulations to us. We did it. Okay, guys, we are ready. Let's talk about the deep, dark, scary world of video games. And so scary. You know, they are scary to me because I am I get so addicted to them that it is a problem but which is a good segue because I before we get into the video games itself 
I want to learn, Princess, like, what is your background with video games? Are you a gamer? Do you have a Twitch channel? Like, do you <laughs> let me know? I need to know everything. So tell me. I should have a Twitch channel. So if you could see what Tessa sees, which is the back of my wall, it is <laughs> on, on it. I have two posters from Fire Emblem Three Houses with Edelgard prominently featured. I love video games. I'm always reluctant to call myself a gamer because I mm. like to play the same kind of games. I will always play Pokemon every edition, every time. I love turn-based RPG. So I love like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I love like the Fire Emblem series. I love, I basically love strategy games. I love anything mm-hmm. where I can like pause, think, and I've slowly gotten into dungeon crawlers. Like since I got the Nintendo Switch and I'm also having a lot more friends who are into games, I like love Hades. I literally my wrist turned into like a noodle because I was just grinding <laughs> through it so I could unlock things so much. That game was is brilliant. And I've been playing more Tomb Raider. I've been playing more um, Deathloop, God of War. I've been really engaging now as an adult consumer of games, really into the storytelling aspects of it. Mm. So for me, it's like it started off as just like, I just want this distraction where I can just go into a world and be fully immersed and just you know, play Civ for like a thousand years. Right. And now I really do like playing a game that is taking me on a world building journey and I get to do it with this little person I get to control. So I love games. I've also spent an entire summer playing The Sims. So that's my (laughs) origin story. It's, It's Pokemon and then everything else. Got to catch them all. Are you like a completionist or do you like to just sort of explore, do your own thing? Like, do you need to get everything to 100 and then you like to play again? Or how do you like to play games? I am not a completionist, which is probably my biggest issue. Like, I, if I am about to win, Mm -hmm. I don't. I usually stop playing. I like to live on the edge of completion. (laughs) Like, part of the reason why I like Three Houses so much is because, like, there was so much more to do after you completed a game. Like, you had to play the other two houses. There was a DLC. Did you unlock all the supports? So I like when a game gives you so many avenues to keep enjoying it after you finish the main game, which is which is what keeps me going. I'm trying to work on being a completionist. I'm currently trying to complete Miles Morales, but Mm -hmm. um, it's very hard. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't want it to end. (laughs) I don't. I want to keep in, I keep, I want to keep living that experience. And I think there's a part of me, the like frugal part of me that's like, well, if I'm still playing it, that means I'm still getting my money's worth out of it. You know, (laughs) it almost feels like if I stop playing it, I'm like, well, done with that. (laughs) (laughs) on to the next one so it it even feels this idea that i that i'm still getting money out of this this purchase and do you have like a favorite platform do you play like computer games are you just i'm a nintendo girl i'm a nintendo girl because i love handheld i love Mm. i love the switch light so that's what i have i love to just be in bed grinding through like i'll be like i'm gonna play 10 minutes before bed at 11 o'clock. Next thing I know, the sun is coming up. My wrist is swollen. <laughs> and I have to And you've now, gone through a journey. <laughs> and, I, and I've and i literally just been playing Zagreus, killing his dad a bunch of times. So, like, Got that's it. me. Like, I, will, I love that. I also am a PlayStation girl. So, mm-hmm. Nintendo and PlayStation. I don't look at an Xbox. I've never seen an Xbox. 
I, I guess they come in ones and zeros. I don't know. I'm I'm very much a loyal Nintendo PlayStation person. Got it. What about Interesting. you? So for me, I I'm a voice actor, so I have been lucky enough to actually like voice some characters in video games. And video game voice acting is just on another level. Like I have so much respect for these voice actors because not only are you acting the story, but then you have to make like playing the game believable (laughs) because it's like you need to put in this insane physical effort and make it feel like you're in battle because the voices is what's like bringing this whole game to life and conveying like it feeling real to the person that's playing. So it's so difficult. Like you have to be able to die many different ways. It's like, okay, you have to die falling off a cliff. Now you're dying getting stabbed, which has to all sound different. So it's like you have to have 10 different ways of dying that sound different. You have to have all these different ways of doing efforts. It's such a specific skill and the people that are good at it are so good at it. And I just, I I bow down. Um, but personally for me with video games themselves, I, I cannot play them, especially by myself because, because I get addicted in a way that is so destructive to not only myself, but every person around me. Like, I cannot be a productive member of society and play video games. And I completely blame my mother for this because Mm -hmm. growing up, I was a PlayStation kid. So we had a PlayStation. Me and my sister were obsessed with it. We played it constantly. I loved the Crash Bandicoot games, like especially Mm -hmm. like Crash Team Racing. But The reason why I blame my mother for my video game addiction is because she did not buy us a memory card. We didn't own a memory card. So the only way that we could finish a game is we would have to play it all in one sitting. So me and my sister... What we would do is we would wake up early and the whole day we would spend playing this game because we would want to beat it and we would try to get as far as we could... But it was so unhealthy because now in my brain, I just like whenever I play video games, I'm like, oh, well, I just have to keep playing until it's completed. (laughs) And now nowadays, there's even more there's more and more hours that you need to put into a game. And so it's just it does not work for me. I can play games if it's like a multiplayer, if I can play with other people. I also love watching people play video games. I like watching different people's Twitch channels. Joe, my husband, which I'm sorry, I'm going to mention him like almost every podcast episode because I'm just so in love with him. It's disgusting. And we both love nerdy things. Okay, this is the reason I married him. But he loves video games. He loves it. It's It's to the point where we have, like, almost every system. He has a Switch. We have an Xbox. We have a PlayStation. We have everything. And we will continue to get everything because that's sort of his release. You know, he goes Mm -hmm. to work and then he plays video games. But I love watching him play. I really do. Like, it's one of those things where a lot of people didn't understand like what why would you watch someone play on twitch like why just play it yourself and it's it's so satisfying to watch someone Mm -hmm. else play especially if they're good i mean that's like a whole nother level but it's also really cool to watch because video games are so personal because you 
get to decide like the journey that your character is going on and what you want to do with that. And it's cool to watch other people play because not only will sometimes they choose something that you would not do. So you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is cool to watch. I wonder what they're going to do. But then also you get to like go on this journey with them. So it feels like a collective experience, even though, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really personal to them. And that's why like with these gamers, why people feel so connected to them because they're going on these personal experiences with them because video games are so personal. So yeah, I like watching people play. I'll play like if it's a fun multiplayer game with people, but cannot play by myself. (laughs) It's bad. No, I love watching you play. And what you said is so true. I have a, there's a friend of mine named Henry Rosenberg and he like does like some video essays. And what I love about how he talks about video games and watching him play is that he plays totally different than I would. Mm. You know, like, for example, like, there's this game called Slay the Spire. And my partner always plays the poison deck because that's how she likes to do it. With me, I like to play the weird one character that has this deck that's, like, built with all orbs. And it's, like, it's two completely different mindsets. You know, Mm -hmm. when I play... When I play Tomb Raider, like the new Tomb Raider games, I'm just doing it so I can merc people from a distance. <laughs> the moment you want me to like fight someone with a gun close up, I'm like, stay away from me. Like Death Loop, that's why Death Loop is so hard for me because they want <laughs> you to do both. And I'm like, but I want to just do the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I um, want to do it my way. <laughs> And only my way. Stop trying to force me into melee combat. I'm trying to shoot arrows. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to stab. Um, Yes. So, yeah, it's always interesting to see how, like, that's what makes Elden Ring so cool is because everyone can build their own thing and build a totally different way. Me, my dumb self, I'm sitting here like, I want to be a magic user. Do I fight with magic? No. I'm always like, sword, 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 sword. And everyone else is like, you have to build it so that you're only ever doing doing magic and I'm like huh no but I love ever that doing magic that's interesting no, I wish I had a combo <laughs> I like that I love when people play games in chaotic ways it's my favorite like I remember as a kid playing Halo like going to my friend's house and playing Halo and my favorite thing would be to like jump in this invisibility thing and just be invisible run around in a circle and just shoot people and it's like you and it was so hard for people to get me that like I would end up winning but it was because I was so chaotic that they couldn't like see what I was doing Joe a Mm -hmm. thing that he likes to do when he plays Call of Duty instead of like shooting he'll be like knife guys let's play knife guys and he'll just stab people And it's like, it's so chaotic and stupid that everyone like playing against him is like, what is this? Like, this is so stupid. (laughs) But I'm like, that's the fun part when you can like just be like weird and do something different. And because most people just do the obvious thing. So I like that princess. I think you should keep playing the way that you like. Yeah, I just I just love playing it in my own way, Mm -hmm. doing it with my own energy. And like, That's what makes it fun. That's why, like, tactics games are engaging to me. Like, I got really into Civ, uh, Civilization, while I when it was released on the Switch, because I was just like, every turn was a new thing, and it was always evolving and changing. And I think that's what makes 
playing a video game so interesting is that like your choices do have consequences yes. and you have to and you have to eventually learn how to play smarter like it's a mm-hmm. it's like a really great exercise in you trying to crack whatever puzzle the game is putting in front of you and i think that's what makes them so engaging and that's why for so long it's been hard to see how that translates into a show but we have been slowly seeing that come to fruition right Yeah, it's really interesting to see these sort of like video games become adaptations because a lot of times people have such a love for these franchises, for these games already. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure there. But my favorite kinds are um, shows like Arcane, like Cuphead, Mm -hmm. shows that don't have, like the video game itself doesn't have a lot of lore or backstory to it. So then when you can add that in and then after knowing that, if you go back and play the game, it's like you can play that game with fresh eyes and just with this new love for these characters because you know so much more about them that it just Mm -hmm. becomes this whole new experience. So I I think it's brilliant. I think that video games should, you know, there should be more adaptations of video games into movies, into TV shows, because it makes sense. Because so many of these games, like the storytelling is so good. It's, yeah. it's good. <laughs> My favorite example is Castlevania, because mm. those games are very, like they're fun, they're goth, we love it. But the way they turn that series into an emotional existential like vampire gothic crisis making Dracula (laughs) one of the greatest romantic heroes of all time icon gay icon Alucard you know all of it was just so well done and like it had one of like the most optimistic happy endings I'd ever seen Mm -hmm. the animation was gorgeous it just knew like this story holds up the story is good let's just take that story and flesh it out and make it interesting make these bring these characters from the game to life really like give them little teasers but don't get so caught up with trying to recreate every single moment from the game because you can it's a completely different medium and you have to exactly therefore find the structure that works for you and i think castlevania and the witcher too does that really well because Mm -hmm. the witcher is full of mythology and full of all of that stuff which makes it excellent to become like a Game of Thrones type fantasy series. Perfect. Um, Especially because it's from books. So it's like, it's, you know, it's already able to be broken down into so many different ways of telling a story. And I love that. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. It's, I think we're so lucky to be, to be alive, to be alive in this time right now where. Look around, look around (laughs) and how lucky we are to be alive right now. Video games are such an evolving art form that just thinking about the games that I played back when I was a kid and the games that are available now and how technology has like changed them and made them even more immersive, even more realistic, even more like incredible that I can't even imagine like in the next like 30 years what's going to happen to video games. So it's like it's so cool to see that change. And to me, like With video games, you're basically bringing together three worlds. You're bringing together, like, the vision of the game that's, like, made by the creator. And then you have the game itself, which is, like, bringing that vision to life with, like, the voice acting, the animation. And then you have the player of the game who is, like, following the story that, like, the creator 
made, but it's like based off of their own choices, like we were saying. So it's like becomes more personal. So it's like these shows are just taking that formula and then adding onto it. It's making it even more rich, making the world building, making the whole experience just so much cooler because then you can interact with it in different mediums in different ways. I love when that happens with any franchise. Like I'm all, I'm the type of person where I'm not a big canon person. I'm like, hey, let's try this out. Let's have fun doing this. Because if you love something in in a certain way, like if you are obsessed with the video game, just go back and play that game. That game has not changed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and you can still enjoy that game and have fun and enjoy something else in that realm. It doesn't have to ruin that for like it, for me, it never ruins it. For some people, mm-hmm. I know that's a problem, but I wish that people would let that go because yeah. then it would just it's so much more fun when you can just like explore the imagination a little bit. Yeah. And things have to evolve. I mean, like yeah. if, if things can't stay stagnant as a medium, if that was the case, video games would not be getting better. You yeah. know, like even though it's different for me, like when the newest Mortal Kombat came out, I loved it so much. The storytelling was good. The animation was was great. The character design was really good. Um, there were some voice acting issues, but like it was a solid game. And seeing people be like, they're not sexy anymore. I'm like, mm. please grow up. These right. are games that are meant to be like, these are violent video games, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, I do If too. your biggest concern are the titties, I mean, are you even <laughs> gaming? It's like, you can find, and the thing about it too is like, I'm sorry, you can find animated boobs everywhere. Yes. Not hard, not an accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Like, creating a really sleek game where there are stakes, where there's character arcs, like, that's the core of the game. Yeah. And when you reduce it to just these weird boob conversations, it really does a disservice to the medium. It does a disservice to everyone who plays the game. Right. Because it's so much more than that going on. Oh, for sure. And it's like, and you can still find the boobs. They will exist. The fan art will exist. And you can... They there. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, that really annoys me too when people just get caught up in these little things or when sort of these fans of these games get so protective and so they're like it has to be seen in this way I think it's because video games feel so personal to them that they're like if this is going to be created into another art form it needs to be exactly how I pictured it and exactly how I played it and all my favorite parts have to be in it and if not then it sucks and it's like yeah don't you see that like every person has a different experience with every game that it's like even if it's not your perfect vision it might be someone else's perfect vision for it so that just annoys me as well where I yeah. just wish people would be a little more open-minded. So open-minded. And I get that, especially because, like, there are nitpicks and then there are valid criticisms, right? Uh-huh. So to me, like, a nitpick is, like, if a color is different, if, like, you're upset about race bending, then you're just also a racist. Like, those are, like, <laughs> yeah. small. If you're like, oh, right. but that stage should have been that tree or that. Like, right. those things are nitpicks. Mm-hmm. And, like, we all have them. Actual criticism is, like, say something was more... Something was queer in the game and it got cut when it got identified. Like that's something that's worth discussing. Right. That's something that's worth being like, why did they make a choice to decanonize this thing? Yeah. And I feel like because we always are having like the pedantic conversations, we can't actually discuss like how can we adapt a video game 
in the modern era to be more conscientious. Like Tomb Raider, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Tomb Raider is already, like, kind of an inherently sort of problematic franchise because it is, like, this British woman going around to other people's countries taking their shit. Right. And, like, the games have tried to really deal with that, especially the recent ones. It's like, and now it's just being worked to another adaptation. How are they not going to take that same material but make it work for a narrative. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the journey because you have to go with the concept forward. And also I think, and you can, I think you'll agree with this as someone who likes to watch video games, Mm -hmm. figuring out the part that is worth watching that's not just the gaming mechanics. Yes, yes. To be real, I think Arcane is one of the best animated things I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, ever. Like, it was... Sometimes animation just blows me away, like into the Spider-Verse, Avatar, The Lion King, the freaking Looney Tunes. Like animation can be so iconic. And to me, this show was like was iconic in itself, even outside of the video game, because I had never played League of Legends. I've never watched Mm -hmm. League of Legends. I like I knew nothing about it. But I watching Arcane, they did such a good job of creating this world and taking like taking this game that is just this fighter game and turning it into this art this masterpiece it's I was so I was so blown away the animation style was so gorgeous and the world building the storytelling the character development the music like I could go on and on about how I think this is one of the most perfect animated things Ever. But then, so it's like, okay, we have this little thing that is perfect in itself. And then there's a game. Like, oh, yeah, there's also Mm -hmm. a game (laughs) that exists. And this one, I feel, is very different than something like The Witcher, where The Witcher game, and again, I know this because I've had conversations with my friend Brizzy, with Joe, with people that have played these games. I've not played these games, but The Witcher. The Witcher show and the Witcher game feel like they're in the same world, in the same universe. Like after you play, like after you play The Witcher and watch The Witcher, it's like it connects in that way. Arcane, they sort of took something and then went a completely different direction. And I think it shows that you can also do that. Like you don't have to stay into the same vibe that the game always gives because I think that is something that everybody wants to see but I think this is sort of proves that you can take a game that people are used to playing and f- completely flip it around and turn it into something different and or new or exciting and then if you go back and play that game it makes it even cooler so I, I it's just like two two different ways of at of like adapting it in this way so I like do you do you agree or do you think that Arcane, like, have you played League of Legends at all? Have you ever played? I played a little bit. Um, and I and I was familiar with Jinx from because mm-hmm. like I kept seeing her alone. I really, you know, sometimes when you do a prequel, mm-hmm. it, as we know from our daddy Anakin, <laughs> you know, it know. can <laughs> as we know from that generation, um, it can really be hit or miss. But I feel right. like they did a good job of doing that with Jinx. While also making, like, it takes nothing away from the series. And I think, to use something I'm a little bit more familiar with, with Cuphead, you know, it's, the game is really hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 I've been playing it a little bit 
with my partner. And it's it's very challenging. And like when I first watched the show, I was like, but this is a show for children. Like it can't be the game. And I think that's something that a lot of people like I know there was some like discussion discourse about the show because it was a more, you know, lighter, fluffier mm-hmm. feel than the game. But like, of course it is. Like right. the game cannot be work. translated right. as the show in that same way. And it's necessary. And I and the thing about it too, I know so many little kids. My friend Brian, his son loves Cuphead Mm -hmm. and was just talking to me all about it. So like that audience loves it. And he also enjoys playing the game. Right. They both complement each other. You know, it's like what we were talking about in the beginning. I loved Pokemon, the show. Yeah. I would play the game and I would be so angry when the rules didn't match up. (laughs) But I still knew that they were two separate things. Same Mm -hmm. with Yu-Gi-Oh! Like I think that audiences can live in both worlds. It's about how willing they are to accept that. And there are games that have such an intense storytelling aspect. So with those games, I, I get that if you're watching a show, you want to experience the story again because that's why you play the game is for the story mm-hmm. rather than like, you know, Cuphead or Arcane. It's like those games, you're not really there for the story. You're there to just like experience the characters and have fun and like, you know, fight people. And with that, then it gives the creator more more room to do things. But like The Last of Us or something, like those those games like have such... Mm-hmm. <laughs> such intense storytelling vibes that if you if you went too far off of that, like it's almost an insult to the game. Yeah. So because they're built that way. And I think exactly. that's the thing. Every game like and that's what makes Resident Evil so interesting mm. as a franchise. Because it is this ever-evolving, ever-changing narrative and just the like, you know, capitalism is the real enemy, but also zombies yeah. kind of vibes <laughs> and everything. You know, like that. It's a series where you can keep explaining how did we get here and moving back and forth through time, kind of like what the new Netflix series is doing. And I think, oh, that's an interesting way, like remembering the human element, because as my friend has kind of helped me realize, video games are about tapping into your humanity and transposing it onto a character that is you but doesn't actually exist. Right. And taking into account what they might feel as a character versus what you feel as the player going Mm -hmm. through their journey. And that's an experience that, like, you don't have with, like, a book, you know? You can't play the book. Yes. But you can play the game. And I think that when creators can tap into the humanity of the game, that's when you get the best stuff. And that's why I think this new Resident Evil looks so interesting because taking the main villain, putting him and his kids at the forefront of it, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. How is Mm -hmm. it going to tie into the main universe? How are they, these kids, going to react to this and this and this? And all of that is something that you can get now in this adaptation that you couldn't get in the game. I have one last question for you, my darling co-host. Yes. Uh, What was your favorite video game death sound to make? Me? Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) 
like it's dying, but I can't do it because it would be it would hurt everyone's ears. So most of the video game characters that I play are little kids. So they are like 12 years old, like little younger. So my voice, I have to like pitch it up a little bit. And it's like, oh, I'm like talking like this, like, oh, I can't even imagine like what it's like to be in this world. And if like this is like my little kid, like, yeah, it's like a little kid voice. And oh, but what? Don't, and then you get screaming. And then it, like, that's what I mean. I don't want to actually <laughs> scream, but it's that is one of the most fun things to do is to just go full out and just be like, OK. And you have to like prep everyone and they like turn down the game and everyone's like, OK, we're ready. Like time to die. <laughs> and you always have to save it for like the end of the session, because if you do it at the beginning, you'll just blow your voice out completely. So uh, that's always so, 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 so fun. I love that. That so sounds so fun. Fun. It, it really <laughs> As is. As someone who who plays fighting games, like that's my other favorite kind of game. Like I have heard the death <laughs> cries of many a high pitched femme character. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is excellent. You are excellent. You are. Video excellent. games are excellent. They are. We are so valid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Give us all the video games and all the video game adaptations. I need them, please. Yes. On that note, please tweet us at Netflix Geeked about what are some of your favorite video game adaptations and what video games you want to see adapted. We want some indie hits out there. Let us know what are your passions, your pleasures, your pains, and which character has your favorite death scream. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> The Geeked Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all over the internet at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and Twitter as Weeks Princess. Okay, y'all, next week we will be tackling a new show that we have already hinted at, we're very excited about, Resident Evil. Ah, I am so terrified, but also excited. I can't wait. I know, ditto. I am so excited. Okay, y'all. This is a Netflix Geeked and Spoke Media production. Our executive producers are Keisha TK Dutez, Brigham Mosley, Aaliyah Tavakolian, and Keith Reynolds. Kelly Kolf is our producer. Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. And special thanks to Carson McCain. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our amazing original theme. To stay updated on all things Geeked, be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you aren't following the Geeked podcast, at this point, I don't know what to say to you. Guys, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And since you're already there, you might as well leave us a five-star review because then we know that you love us. Hey, so thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.